Masechet Yomad Daf 84. Uh, we're talking about different uh, diseases and uh, medications, uh, not only Yom Kippur, but also Shabbat. And uh, just to remind ourselves, the Mishnah mentioned uh, Bulmus that we talked about. That of course, everyone agrees you can feed that person, uh, even non-kosher food. And then we talked about the someone who gets bitten by a dog, a uh, wild or rabid dog. And this was a machloket. Um, Rabbi Matya ben Hadash said, you're allowed to feed him the, the lobe of the liver of the dog, even though it's not kosher. And the Chachamim disagreed. They are stringent. They said, this doesn't work. Okay, that's what we're going to start off with. Um, but then there is a third case we're also going to deal with uh, today, uh, which is someone who has some kind of throat disease and uh, you're allowed to give him medication on Shabbat. This is said by Rabbi Matya ben Hadash, the same person who was lenient in the second case. And here, there's no disagreement recorded. So it's really not clear from the Mishnah if that's only his opinion. After all, he's, he's the author. He's the only one that says it. But it doesn't say, Chachamim disagree. So I'm just pointing that out here so we can uh, have that in mind uh, when the Gemara does discuss uh, that case. But uh, for, we start off with the wild dog. And uh, first, some indications. If you see a dog on the street, how do you know if it's uh, wild or not? So this could be, come in handy. There are five signs of a wild dog. His mouth is open, saliva dripping from it. That's scary. His ears are floppy. And his tail is resting on its legs. Um, it seems like it's like partially paralyzed. And but also wild, maybe these they go together. Some it's sick, you know, something wrong with it. And walking on the side, uh, kind of uh, haunting uh, the people that are passing by. Some say it barks and this voice is not heard. So this, you know, there's really something wrong with it. Okay, what causes a dog to become wild like this? Two opinions. They're women that are doing sorcery and uh, doing, putting spells on it and causing it to, this to happen. Uh, sounds like Harry Potter when they're playing Quidditch, you know, and they put, do sorcery and make the guy lose. Others say, no, it's not, it's, it's just uh, uh, evil spirits that are just around and they, uh, a demon comes and possesses it. My uh, Benayo, what's the practical difference between them? There is. Um, regarding if you want to kill this dog, it's a good idea to put it down because it is dangerous. According to Shemuel, that's an evil spirit. You don't want to get too close to it uh, because then it could harm you. So you want to try to kill it with something that you throw um, at it and not from nearby. Um, because uh, no, because the evil spirit might might jump onto you even right, even if you can like. Uh, catch it, so you want to want to be far away from that evil spirit. Um, okay, so look, we could call it, you know, same thing. Uh, it's the deranged in its mind, so it's like evil spirit. So whatever you call it, uh, it's uh, you got to keep away from it. Tanya Shmuel. There is a baraita that is uh, supports Shmuel that you should kill from far away. You should throw something at it from far away. The Baraita goes on and says, even if you just rub the dog, you, you touch it, that already causes danger. Uh, if he bites a person, that person will die. So maybe it's rabies. 
or something similar. So what if a dog does rub against you? What, you, what should you do? What's the remedy? You should take off your clothes and run. Okay. This is a story that happened. Shoa was rubbed by one of these mad dogs. He looked at it. He saw the signs. He said, this is not, this is not good. I may become ill. He took off his clothes and ran away. This pasuk we saw earlier, right, from Kohelet, that wisdom has saved my life. We saw it earlier in the story where the guy eats the dates on the east side of the tree, right? So it's good to know some wisdom. Okay, I don't know how this works exactly, but maybe the dog smells the clothing, right? So you take off your clothes and leave it, you know, let it go intact and you... You run away, right? You can get away that way. Okay. The nachit le mayit. Now, if someone is bitten by it, it can you can die. So my takante, how do you uh, how do you uh, what's the remedy for that? Amada baye netem mashcha de apa de dichra. Bring skin of a male hyena. Venichtub ale and write on the skin ana pelania bar pelanita. You write me, uh, the, I'm the, the son of, you write your mother's name. In spells, you often, uh, you usually, in fact, write your, if you want to identify yourself in a spell, you write your mother's name. I don't know if that has to do with the, that. We use our mother's name for Defua even today, even though we don't use it for other things. I don't know if it's related, but it's interesting, right? Yeah, but if, if it's that, then we should use it for everything. When you go up to Sefer Torah, when you donate, when you mem- mem- memorialize someone. So we don't, you know, we use different things. So how come? Okay. And so you write on it. Um, uh, I am write, about to write, uh, I'm, I'm writing a, about, upon you, the skin of a male hyena. And you write these words, Kanti Kanti Kalirus. Uh, these don't seem to mean anything, at least nothing we can recognize. It's a spell. Uh, spells just work. You don't have to, it doesn't actually have to mean anything. It might be related to something and maybe in Greek. Rila kandi, kandi keloros. Others say kandi. You see that they don't really know what it means. Like, I don't know if it's a, if you say with a taf, with a dalit, just kind of remember how it sounds. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hashem sebaot. Amen. Amen. Okay, you can imagine Rambam, uh, you know, saying, uh, I don't know about this one. This is not going to, this is uh, already, uh, this, uh, I don't think this has a uh, medical explanation for how this works. So, okay, so there are some magic formulas in the Talmud. By the way, more in the Bavli than in the Yerushalmi, because in the Bavli, the Persians uh, were very into, into sorcery, demons, demonology, uh, even more than in the uh, Roman Empire. Okay. Take off your clothes and bury them in a cemetery for 12 months. Then after 12 months, take them out, burn them in an oven. And scatter the ashes on the, in, the, in the crossroad. You want to really get rid of this totally. Um, uh, this is like really beautiful chametz. And for the next uh, uh, 12 months, when you drink water, you should use a straw made out of copper. 
the point doesn't actually have to be made out of copper. The point is don't look at water because you might in the reflection see the demon might still be around and spook you. So Dima Babuah is not theoretical. Here's one rabbi that actually happened. Did, did this? Who He has two names. His mother made him a golden tube. So it doesn't have to be copper. The point is use a straw. doesn't matter what it's made out of uh, so that you don't see the water. All right. Uh, that's the end of the, uh, the wild dogs. And now we get to the next uh, disease. Biochanan uh, um, once had this disease called Sfidna, which uh, affects the teeth and gums, and then it goes down to the intestines. It is life-threatening. matronitai went to this Roman woman. Uh, she must have known uh, some uh, uh, home remedies. So she made a concoction for him, and he took it on Thursday and on Friday. What should do on Shabbat? I can't come here. I, I can't... I, and, uh, and, and get it from you on Shabbat. You're not going to need it. That's it. Two days, you're going to be okay. What if I need it? You're always worried before Shabbat. You want to have the medication just in case. Okay, I'll tell you the secret formula. If you swear that you won't tell anybody else, so he swore to the God of Israel, I will not reveal it. And so what did he do the next day? He went, he gave the public derasha to thousands of people, and he told everybody the secret formula. <laughs> the pirka is the official uh, lecture of, of, of the rabbi that everybody comes to. So uh, he needs to tell it to one person. Okay, what do you mean? He just swore to the, to the Roman woman that he, would, uh, that he would keep it a secret. Ah, uh, yeah, but depends where you put the comma. He said, I swear to the God of Israel, I will not reveal it. Meaning, I will not reveal it to the God of Israel. Right? But I, I didn't say I'm on to anybody else. So I didn't tell God. I told his nation. So if you put this, put the comma, I didn't swear to the God of Israel. I swore I won't reveal it to the God of Israel. Okay. Okay, fine. So he got out of the swear. He got out on the technicality. But she doesn't know that. She says, what kind of look at these Jews? They, they swear and then they uh, they don't care. They undo it. Um, no, he told her. He says, listen, after, after she said the secret formula, listen, when I swore, I used the trick. So I'm going to announce it tomorrow. So that way she wouldn't she might be upset, but she wouldn't uh, suspect him of going over, uh, of violating a swear. And the Talmud Yerushalmi has the same story. And over there is two, uh, two different opinions. Either she committed suicide, maybe this is like her whole livelihood, you know, she made out of this, or she converted to Judaism. She was so impressed that Rabbi Yochanan gave away the formula, not for money. He didn't take, any, he didn't take money for himself. You know, everybody should be able to, to benefit from it. Uh, so she was actually impressed by it. All right, anyway, my Abdaleh, what's the secret formula? Now we want to know. You take uh, leaven and you put it in, soak it in water. Take out the leaven, so this uh, leaven water, and you put olive oil and salt. That's one opinion. Uh, no, you leave the seor, the sourdough, with oil and uh, salt. You take fat from a goose's wing. Okay, very different from the others. 
Amar Abaye, Ana Abdi the Kulhu Abaye says, I heard all three. I didn't know which one, so I did all three of them. I didn't get better. So But I saw an Arab, and he told me another one. Take an olive that is less than a third uh, ripe. Take a new hoe and burn the olives on the new hoe. And put them on the front on one row of your gums. did that, and sure enough, he got better. Okay, good, thank you for the Arab. By the way, when you think of an Arab here, this is written before Islam was uh, invented, right? So this is, Arab means like, you know, Bedouin uh, uh, people that lived, uh, lived in, in, in the area. And they had these, uh, they had these old, old traditions, medical uh, remedies. Okay, Mimai Hava. How do you get this disease? What causes it? Uh, from eating wheat bread that's very hot, or uh, fish remains fried in oil, uh, you know, spoiled. Okay. And what are the symptoms? When you put something uh, between your teeth, blood comes out from one's gums. Okay. Rabbi Yochanan had this disease, we just saw him above, and, um, and he made the medication on Shabbat, which as we saw, and sure enough, yes, he got better. So question, how could he violate Shabbat? Well, his, his gums are bleeding, so what? It's not life-threatening, right? So, you know, go to the dentist on Sunday. No, this sefidna, it starts off your gums bleeding, but then it goes down to one's intestines, and it is, in fact, life-threatening. So take care of it right away. Don't wait till it gets worse. Now, we're going to see that principle later, that you don't wait till it gets worse. If something is life-threatening, even if it'll take a few days, you take care of it right away, even on Shabbat. Another challenge to Rabbi Yochanan, right? Poor guy Rabbi Yochanan, he's trying to get better, and we keep, we, we, uh, keep challenging him uh, for taking this medication. He says, who are you following? In the Mishnah, this is the opinion of Rabbi Matya ben Hadash, the single opinion who says it's permitted if you have some kind of this mouth disease, referring to this, that you can prepare and take the medication on Shabbat. Why are you following him? Chachamim, maybe they disagree. It doesn't, the Chachamim don't say, right? We don't know. So I think that Chachamim disagreed with Rabbi Matya only regarding the dog that eating the liver. But not, they don't disagree regarding this, I meaning they agree. Yes, the Sam, even though it, he introduced that opinion, the rabbis did not uh, dispute it. So he's following uh, the majority. Good. Now we're going to try to prove that, in fact, this is the case that uh, the Chachamim agree with Rabbi Matya that you can take medication for this uh, mouth disease. Okay, another disease, yerakon, something that may make someone yellow. Some people think it's hepatitis. Um, what was it? Hepatitis C? That was it. We can give him donkey meat, which is not kosher. Good. The, uh, the dog, we give him a piece of the liver. That's the one where that Rabbi Yochanan took, uh, mouth. 
uh, disease, he can take the medication on Shabbat. All those three are the Bimachah's opinions. So he says, say, we disagree regarding these. But these sounds like some of these, right? Not all of them. So what are they, what are they, uh, what is it limited to? Uh, so maybe he agrees regarding the, the, the medication on Shabbat. And so you see, that's what Rabbi Yochanan says, uh, right? It's true, Rabbi Matias says it's allowed, but Chamim also says it's allowed. They only disagreed with the others on the list. No, no, maybe what they're excluding is something else, not on this list, bloodletting for this Serunchi uh, um, uh, disease. Some people say this is diphtheria. Okay, in other words, that's the thing that they said, yeah, you can do that on Shabbat. Right, that's the point. We, dis- we, we agree, we, we, all the things on your list are no good. We, uh, we think, but there's something else that we would agree with you, not on the list, right? And so this actually would be against the Yochanan, right? That this, the, the sum for the mouth would not be good. And this makes sense that Okay, the following three, also in the name of the same rabbi, Matya. That's the one that we just mentioned, the diphtheria. That's on every list, the dog's liver. And the one, the mouth disease. Um, the Bimatias says all three are okay. These are not good for, there's no medical value of these. By the way, remember at Ambam, we talked about, right? If there's no medical value, it's not allowed. From there, we learned that if there is medical value, even if it looks like it came from sorcery or idolatry or something strange, if you could prove there's medical value, then it's okay, right? This is, that's their, that, that's where Abam gets the principle. Okay, anyway, it says these are no good. Maybe saying, talking about the last two on the list, including the medication for the mouth, and they, they said those two, no good. But the first one on the list, they agree with, right? The first one that doing bloodletting. Maybe you can read it that way, and therefore they disagree regarding the mouth disease. No, maybe they disagree regarding the first two, but they agree on the last one, which is the mouth disease. So according to this, the Yochanan's okay. It's allowed even if the, the, the taking the medication on Shabbat for the mouth disease is allowed even according to Chachamim. Okay, so we have a lot of different traditions um, of Rabbi Matya, and it's not, not clear from, the, I mean, this one is inconclusive, totally. You could read it, they're talking about the first two or the last two, so we really have no idea. But now we're going to bring two more proofs uh, for Rabbi Yochanan that in fact, um, everyone agrees that the mouth disease medication is permitted. So here's number one, Tashema de Tanera Babar Shemuel Ubara Shehericha Machinotaj Shetashubda Nafsha. Number one is a pregnant woman who craves food, give her whatever you want. Two, Mishin the Shahokelab Shotemachinotomechasarka Bed Shelo, the dog's liver. Three, Hachoshesh Befiv, Matinin Nosam Beshabat. That's our, that's Rabbi Yochanan's case. There's a lot of people why they're quoting it in the name of Rabbi Matya. Anyway, Rabbi Matya agrees those three. Says those three are permitted. Yes, these, but not something else. Which which one does he agree with and which not? 
He's saying he agrees on the pregnant woman. Of course, everybody agrees that you give pregnant woman. Does anyone disagree? It must be the one that he, they agree with is the medication for the throat, because obviously he doesn't agree with the, they don't agree with the dog's liver. It says in the Mishnah explicitly that they disagree with that. So this has to be the one that they agree with. Okay, so the Biochanan is all right. And last proof, look in the language of our Mishnah, the original Mishnah. This is after the disagreement about the dog's liver. Then it says, furthermore, the Bimatya said, you can take the medication for the mouth disease. The rabbis don't disagree with it. And if they did disagree, the Bimatya then they should have put the dog's liver together with this medication. The Birmatya says, okay. And then the Banan disagree with both. But from the fact that it separates it out as a separate clause means that the rabbis, in fact, agree that it's permitted. Okay, good. So Rabbi uh, Yochanan justified himself and everybody's happy. Now, next, the Mishnah then says, it gives a reason. And any, uh, even a doubt about a life-threatening disease is permitted. So why do you have to add that principle? I mean, it's obvious from the examples. I mean, you said already, because it's not And then you go and add, because all, all cases, you're generalize, generalizing it. So what kind of cases are coming to include? Amar Rabbi Amar, this teach you that not only are you allowed to violate one Shabbat, even two Shabbatot. For example, the doctors came and said, you're going to have to take this medication for eight days. But that happens to be, they tell him on Shabbat. That's the first day. You might have thought, maybe he has to wait till tomorrow. Take it on Sunday, and that way you'll only violate one Shabbat, right? Instead of starting on, on Shabbat, and the eighth day is another Shabbat, then you're going to violate two Shabbats. Maybe you should minimize it. So that's why the Mishnah goes out of its way and say, any safek, any safek Shabbat, don't worry about it. Even if you're not going to die today, right? Just the fact that you have a life-threatening disease, start immediately. water for a sick person. Either he needs to drink it or to wash. Not only for one Shabbat, even for the next Shabbat. Don't say, oh, maybe he's, he's all right now. He's not, he's not dead yet, right? Uh, he can make it till Saturday night. No, no, no. You, you, you heat it up right away. And it was even if though it's a disease that may take many days until the person actually gets worse. You know, sometimes a person gets a bad cut or something. Okay, it, right, you don't have to, he's not going to die on Shabbat, but it'll get infected. If you leave it like that long enough, right, it will be life-threatening. So you don't have to wait till next Shabbat. You could do it right away. Uh, and if you see someone who needs help on Shabbat, you don't go and get a goy to do it. Now, kutim, some people change the word kutim here to ketanim. 
Kotim Samaritans is a machloket, whether they actually are Jewish because they converted because they were afraid of the lions, or maybe it's a good conversion, maybe they're not a good conversion. But anyway, they keep Shabbat. So better to put here Ketanim because Kotim are going to come up again in the next clause. So you don't find someone who doesn't have to keep Shabbat, meaning a Goy or a Katan, and say, hey, why don't you uh, call Hatzalah? Why don't you go and, uh, and uh, apply this medication? Rather, you get Gedolei Israel. Why? Because it's permitted, it's, it's, it's a mitzvah, you're not doing anything wrong. And if people see that, uh, you know, the rabbi tried not to do it, he told uh, someone else to do it, they're going to think that's really not allowed. And next time, when there's no child or no goy around, they're going to say, oh, sorry, you know, we, we don't want to violate Shabbat. No, no, the, 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 the rabbi should go and uh, violate Shabbat in order to save the person. And furthermore, you don't. You also don't uh, don't uh, say it should be done um, by nashim and here kutiim. So here it makes more sense kutiim, uh, which who should be keeping Shabbat, but maybe they're on a lower level. They don't know. No, no, you don't even do that. Other people see lo uh, alpi is asking their advice, but w- their advice should be fine if they're knowledgeable in this thing and they say this is dangerous. Right, there's no reason not to. So I'm following, there's many different opinions here of this, of this, but I think the symbol says Rambam, that just adds more to the list, right? And also, Nashim um, and Kutim, but they are, they can uh, join in with an opinion to say that this is, uh, this is life-threatening or li- not, not life-threatening. Um, and so you trust, uh, you trust their opinion as well. Okay, good. Tenona banan, mefakechin pikuach nefesh b'shabbat, v'azariz harezeh meshubach. You should save a life um, on Shabbat, and, and if you do it quickly, the, the more quickly the better. Don't be sluggish about it. Say, oh, I don't want to keep it, I don't want to violate Shabbat. You don't, don't go ask betin and <laughs> waste an hour. Just save, the, save it right away. You don't have to ask. Right, kid fell into the ocean. You go and get a net, a fisherman's net, and pick and, and save and save his life right away. And again, we repeat, right? Don't ask. Uh, just do it. And even though while you're doing that, you're going to catch some fish. I was like, oh, hey, look, look what else I caught, right? <laughs> happened, right? Happened to save the life, and I got the, this fluke. Okay, we'll eat it tonight. Right, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Right, it's, it's uh, uh, you did a good thing. Uh, a child falls into a pit. Then you can dig around the pit, dig a step, uh, in order to be able to to get him, uh, to get him out. Repeat the same thing. Even though you're making a step, you're building. You're, you know, oh, this is going to be useful. I'm going to use it tomorrow. I want to leave it here. Don't worry about it. Even if it, there is a side benefit, uh, still permitted. Uh, a kid gets got locked in behind the door. Now, this could be life-threatening. The kid's afraid, you know, and uh, they can't, can't get food. So you can break down the door and save the child. Do it right away. Don't ask. 
הבתים. ואף אגב, דקה מכוון למדבר בשיפה. Even though while you're breaking the door, you say, you know what, this would make good firewood. Let me make it this size, you know, to fit into my fireplace. And so you have in mind something positive, it's okay, right? Still do it. מכבין ומפסידין מפני הדלקה בשבת, ואז עליז על איזה משובח, ואין זה יוצא מבטין. If there's a fire, you can put a barrier. Sometimes they will put jugs of water, and then when the, when the fire came to it, it would break the jug, and the water would spill on it. And put it out. And even though he's making coals, you know, these, uh, these things that are burnt, he could use them after Shabbat as, as coals, as fire starter. Uh, nevertheless, even though it's a positive thing, you can do it on Shabbat to stop the fire. Okay, so now we have all these cases, and we're wondering, it's a lot of different cases. <laughs> Why do you need all of them? Just give me one example. If I just said the ocean, I'll say, oh, the ocean, that's a real emergency, right? If you waste, if you waste time, the ocean's going to take them out. Oh, I, I asked the Bedin. All right, now I can save you. Okay, the kid's going to be drowned already. But if he's in a, in a cistern, okay, he's, he's not going anywhere. He'll be okay. I, I can go ask, uh, come back an hour later. So I might think I don't have to save him quickly. No, that's why he comes to teach me. Do it quickly. If you say, okay, the, the, the uh, pit is very scared in there. All right, it might harm the child. You might have PTSD from this. stuck behind the door. So you could be on the other side of the door and you play with nuts, you tell them stories, tell them jokes, keep them occupied, and he won't be so scared. Therefore, it teaches that, that, uh, that case, even that case. Save him quickly. Don't, uh, don't delay. And distinguishing a fire. Why do I have to distinguish the fire? Assuming everybody's out of the house. Uh, so let the house burn down, right? Why do I have to put a line? Okay, because it's going to go to the next guy's courtyard. It's going to burn his house down. Right? Anytime there's a fire, you don't say uh, there's nobody there. Put it out. Fire is spread. And uh, they uh, can be uh, eventually. All right, now the uh, last uh, halacha for today. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. This is Shemuel's thesis. Lo halchu bepikuach nefesh achad harov. When you were regarding pikuach nefesh, we said safek. Usually safek, you say, you know, you go the majority. If you have uh, 10 pieces of meat, right? You go by the majority. If uh, nine are kosher, you could eat all of them. Um, uh, assuming that you find them in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the street. So um, he says, that's true regarding other things, but pikuach nefesh, you don't go by the majority. Even if it's a small chance, even if it's a small chance that you can save someone, you still do it, right? There's only 1% chance that this uh, thing is going to work. Still do it. What's an example? Let's say a building falls on, uh, on people. There are nine Jews and one non-Jew there. Uh, so again, if remember yesterday we gave a, a insufficient explanation. This is not uh, the, the this is not meant to be racist. The point is, if you remember right, Shabbat trumps all life. In fact, we only save a Jew because they will keep more Shabbatot. Okay, and this is only theoretical. In practice, obviously, we would save anybody. Um, okay, but uh, so you have nine and one non-Jew there. Then that's majority Jewish. Of course, everybody would agree that's the majority. So he's not talking about that case. If it's five and five. Then that's safek. Okay, safek never showed that kill. We're gonna. So that, of course, he would agree. 
So now he's not, not talking about that case either. Oh, there's nine non-Jews and one uh, Jew. And uh, we don't know, we don't know, that's what they live there. We don't know if everybody's there. We don't know who's there. So there's only one out of 10 chance that there's a Jew that's under there. Nevertheless, we save him. That's what Shemuel meant. We said, no, that's also Pashut. Haname Peshita. Why? That is in a fixed location. If you remember, we had a case. Um, if there's nine stores um, that are kosher and one non-kosher, right? And I went into one of the stores. I don't remember which store I went into. In that case, I cannot eat the meat. I treat it as 50-50 because I went into a store. That store itself, I'm not sure if it's kosher or non-kosher, and I don't count up the stores because they're in permanent, they're permanent spots. That's called kavua. Um, however, if, it's, if it left the store and I find in the middle of the street a piece of meat and uh, the majority of the stores are kosher and one's not kosher, then I can eat it because it left one of the stores. So the chances are it left the store that's kosher. Right? That's a distinction in the, in the cases of sefik. So if you're talking about a building and the people live in that building, that's kavua. So in that case, even nine and one is like 50-50. So Shemuel, that's no chidush, obviously, right? I don't need him to tell me that. So la sericha, the parush must be that the resident is nine non-Jewish residents and only one Jew in this, in this building. But then they left and went to the store. And in the store, the store fell down. And now we don't know who's there. That's where he said, even though it left, it's parush. And you might go by the majority of nine non-Jews. Nevertheless, don't go by the majority for Sevek Nefashot and save them anyway. And when they left, in all cases. So that means. You still save them because that's Kavua. And Kavua is like Mechsa or Mechsa. In other words, that's Pashut. That's Peshita. Right, he couldn't be talking about that case because that's, of course, that's 50-50, right? He's only talking about a case. So therefore, according to Shemuel, basically every case, unless, unless there's no possibility, then zero possibility, then you don't, then you wouldn't save. Okay. I would have thought since it left its place, now you follow the Rav, for saving a life. We don't follow the Rav, even if there's 10% chance we still violate Shabbat to save the person. That is Shemuel's thesis. We're going to challenge it from a couple of different places. Ini, is that true? This is the same with the name of Yochanan. True to Shemuel, the same generation as Yochanan. He could disagree with them. But okay, we don't want them to disagree, so we're going to try to reconcile them. And he said, Nine non-Jews, one Jew. And they're in the same place. Then you, un, you, you dig them out on Shabbat. Okay, that makes sense because it's kavua, so it's half-half. But if they went to another place and, and it fell there, and mefakichin, we do not save them. So this contradicts what we just said, right? Shemuel said, you do save them no matter what, in both cases. So why, how come, what's the explanation? When Shemuel said it's permitted, that's when all of them, all 10 people went to the, the second place, the store. So now, and it fell on them. You know for sure there's one Jew under there. So then you got to do it. But Rabbi Yochanan saw a case where just a few people, maybe three people left uh, and went to the other place. So then, I don't know. In that case, I follow them. I do follow the majority and would not save them. Okay, that's pretty harsh. 
okay, no matter what. But uh, that's that, that's the resolution. That's a way to resolve the two statements. Okay. Hold on. Did Shmuel really say this? There's another Mishnah that says, um, You find a child abandoned uh, in a city. We don't know who his parents are. If the majority of people who live in the city are not Jewish, we assume the kid is not Jewish. If Israel, Israel, majority Jewish, we assume the kid is Jewish. Exactly equal, Israel will assume he's Jewish. Good. Now, for what law? This is only to keep him alive, to feed him. I say Shabbat, you know, you have to take care of him. But in terms of yichus, in terms of marriage laws, no, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna yeah, assume. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay, now, besides that, Ushmuel Amar lefekeach etagal. Shmuel said regarding that Mishnah, that this applies to saving his life on Shabbat if something fell on him. And so this is, seems to be a contradiction that it looks like if it's half and half, then, uh, no, that uh, it looks like if it's majority not Jewish, then we assume he's a goy, and therefore we don't save him. Hold on, Shemuel, you just said that we don't follow the majority, and it's in his place, right? It fell, it fell there. So um, why would you not save him? This Mishnah seems to contradict what you said. Uh, answer, His statement is actually going on the Resha, not the Sefa, was as follows. Imrov goyim goy. If the majority of the city is Jewish, we assume that is not Jewish, we assume that he's not Jewish. He said, that's true regarding other things, like for marriage laws, but regarding saving a life, that's not true. So when he said not true, he said he meant about, you, so you are, you are saving him, and therefore that fits with Shemuel's opinion that for Sefek Nefashot, we don't go by the majority, even a 1% chance that uh, you could save a Jewish life, we nevertheless save them. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.